It's good to be here. It's good to see you guys. It's good to be in church on a Sunday morning. How many of you guys are happy to be here? Yes, 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 yes. It's hard to see your faces with those masks on, but hey, hopefully here pretty soon things are going to get so much, so much better. And uh, we're going to be able to go back indoors and be able to go back to what we're calling a new normal, which I'm kind of sick of that phrase. People say it a lot. So we're going to try to call it something different. We're just going to try to call it normal, I guess. I don't know. If anybody comes up with something, just let me know. I want to welcome you guys. My name is Josh. I'm the lead pastor here at Downey First Christian Church. And I, I get the privilege to uh, bring the Word of God uh, to you this morning. Uh, feel, feeling very self-conscious about my white pants because I don't know if they work or not, especially with the sun. I don't want to cause any glare or anything like that. Uh, just being honest here. So, uh, hey, if you're here for the first time, we are so glad that you've decided to spend this Sunday morning with us. We're going to do something that we do every week uh, because we, we're not just accepting that you're here for the first time. Like, hey, it's okay that you're here. We're actually pumped, glad. We are so excited that you've decided to spend this Sunday morning with us. And if you're here for the first time or you're new to us, uh, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand when I count to three. And I promise you, we're not going to ask you to say your name. We're not going to ask you to stand or do anything. Just when I count to three, and uh, if you're online too, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Maybe you're in a coffee shop. You're just randomly raising your hand. Nobody knows why. But it'll be a sign that you're here for the first time. Or just uh, maybe put uh, on the comment section just right there, I'm here for the first time. Or put a hand up there or something like that. But anyway, if you're here for the first time, uh, I'm going to count to three. You raise your hand, put it right back down. And we're just going to go nuts. And I mean nuts. Just giving you a round of applause because we're happy that you're here. So if you're here for the first time, one, two, three, raise your hand. Put it right back down. God bless you. God bless you. We're so happy that you're here with us. And I'm going to be straight on, straightforward with, with you and with anyone who's here for the first time. Like, uh, our desire is that you make Downey First Christian Church your church home. And uh, that you make Jesus the Lord of your life. Because that's why we're here. So thank you, thank you for being here. Um, also, just a reminder, we are Christ's ambassadors, which means that we represent Jesus on the earth. And so I want to invite you to start inviting your friends. I know we've held back a little bit because of COVID and we have to be careful and cautious, I understand. But start inviting your friends again. Start inviting your family members again. Start inviting them to church. Promise them that we're going to take all the protocols and all the social distancing necessary. But it is so important to bring people into a place where they can find hope. How many of you guys have found hope in Jesus through the ministry of DFCC? Don't you want that for everybody? This is, what we, this is what we do. That's why we are here. And so um, I'm going to ask you to, to, to get to your Bibles and look for a scripture here as we get started. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, that's, uh, that's okay. I'm going to read it uh, for you here. Um, we're starting in Hebrews chapter 14, verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. It says this. It says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need let us then approach the the, the god's throne of grace with can you say with me confidence 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 so that you may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need and then i'm going to read my favorite verse uh, in the bible my favorite section is matthew uh, 11 28 come to me it says all 
you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find, I love this promise, you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Brothers and sisters, this morning we're continuing a series called The Message of Our Worship. And we're, we're talking about these songs that we sing every week. And, and sometimes we'll sing songs and we'll hear them, but we don't necessarily know what we are singing. And so what I'm doing is we're, we're unpacking the content of the songs that we are singing. 1 Corinthians 4, 14, 15 says, uh, So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding and so the past few weeks we've been talking about different songs that we sing week number one we talked about what a beautiful name last week we talked about amazing grace and today we're going to talk about a song that we sing that's called oh come to the altar will you pray with me Lord God, again, we thank you for these moments that we share together here in church. We thank you, God, because you allow for us to be a part of this community. Thank you, Lord, because we don't have to be ashamed of what we believe in. We can come out in public and preach the word. We can worship you, and we thank you for that, Lord. I pray, Lord, for the message today. I pray, God, that you will allow for our hearts to be open, our minds to be receptive, to be able to hear what it is that you have to tell us this morning, Lord. We thank you for your love. We also pray uh, for Morgan. I know uh, I'll pray something that maybe most people don't know, but that she had an accident and she's fine. But thank you, Lord, for allowing for her to, to, um, to be good right now, to, to, to find healing, Lord. I thank you for that, God. Um, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Okay, quick question, quick survey. How many of you guys love coffee? Yes. All right. All right. All right. All right. How many people love tea? Okay. I, I mean, I'm, I'm good. Um, how many are one cuppers? One cuppers. Few of you. How many two cuppers? Okay. Two cuppers. I'm a two cupper. How many are are three cuppers? Whoa. How many are four cuppers? If you drink more than four cups of coffee every day, you need prayer, my friend. That is not good. That is not good. <laughs> Some of you are just, just proud of, of, of your, your coffee addiction. We'll pray for you. Anyway, that's, that's, that's my thing, too. I'm a big coffee drinker. I love drinking coffee. Coffee is the best. Let me ask you another question. Do you have a favorite coffee place? Like your favorite coffee that is not Starbucks. Starbucks doesn't count. Favorite coffee place that is not Starbucks. Over there? Okay, a few of you. Um, yell at some of those names. What are some of the names? Play coffee. Play coffee. Something else? What? Solid. Third Street. What's that over there? Earth? Earth. Earth Cafe. You guys are nodding over there. Okay. So I've had conversations with different people, especially younger people. They will spend money and they will travel distances to find the right coffee place and the right coffee. Something that is not Starbucks, that is not Folgers. And there's something interesting about that. Now, I'm not thinking that I'm going to ever figure it out. I mean, I respect it. But like for me, coffee, it, it, honestly, I think I might be an addict. And here's why. The reason why I think I might be an addict is because I don't even know if I like the flavor that much, if I'm quite honest. 
I don't know if I like the flavor that much. Because when I want coffee, I'm not thinking, oh, man, a coffee sounds so good because of the flavor of the coffee. I want the coffee because I want the coffee to do the job. I want it to do the work. You see, when I drink coffee, there's a before and there's an after, right? And so I, I need that, that coffee in the morning because of the person that it turns me into. See, there is, there is a before and after, and there is a, a, a Josh without coffee, and there's a Josh with coffee. You don't want to meet decaf Josh. Okay, just to be quite honest. And there's this, this thing that I do, I'm sure many of you guys do, there's this ritual in the morning, you get up in the morning, I go to my Keurig and I put, you know, the, you know, four tablespoons of coffee in there for four cups and I put it in there and there's this whole ritual and then I, I drink the coffee and then there's this transformation that takes place with this sweet beverage that changes, changes my life. Why are we talking about coffee so much? Well, the reason is because I think that there is a, there is a, 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 a similarity between the ritual of coffee and the rituals of the Old Testament. You see, in the Old Testament, there was this, this ritual because we were all sinful. And then there was this ritual that we had to do that, that marked a before and after in a person's life. You see, the problem with coffee is that you have to go back over and over again, right? You can't just drink coffee one time and, all, and you're good forever. You, you're, you're good. You have to go over every morning and make yourself that coffee. The same is true in a way. What people in the Old Testament had to do, the Jewish community, they had to come up and they had to offer these sacrifices. And the result of the sacrifice was that the, the priest would come and he would analyze whether or not your sacrifice was good to go or not. And there was this fear of, hey, maybe it's not going to be good enough. Maybe the, the sacrifice that I have is not going to be acceptable. But when it was acceptable, then you were good for another period of time. But the problem was, that you had to go back over and over again. It wasn't you just did it one time and, and, it was, and it was good to go. You had to go back and do the same thing over and over again. Because in time, this, this covering over your sin would wear off. And so we learned last week that, that the sacrifices and rituals, remember this, the sacrifices and rituals were shadows of the real thing. They were shadows of what was to come. And what was to come was the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus, the Lamb of God. 1 John 2, 2 says this. He, Jesus, is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Romans 6.10 says, The death he died, he died once for all. Once for all. Not over and over again. Once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. You see, Jesus in his death, he abolished the sacrificial system. So there's no more need for this altar. There's no need for this altar. We talked about this last week that, that we no longer have to come to the altar to offer these sacrifices because all these sacrifices has, have been paid for once and for all through the death of Jesus. I don't know about you, but that is good news. That is very, very good news. And so the question is, what does the song even mean then? I'm talking about coming to the altar. Okay, the altar, that's Old Testament language. Why are we talking about coming to the altar if the sacrifice was already taken care of and the whole sacrificial system was abolished? Why are we singing this song every week that says, oh, come to the altar? What are we doing at the altar? Why should we come to the altar? 
You see, here's the beautiful thing. In the Old Testament, there was this guy who was the high priest. And the high priest was the person that would represent God from the perspective of the people. He was the, he was the intermediate person to the Father. And there was this altar, and these animals were, were to be sacrificed there. They were burned, to be burned incense and also animals. And it was a very busy thing, so there was a lot of people coming up, and they were offering their sacrifices before the altar. And there was this priest, this guy, this dude that was, sta that was standing there who had to analyze whether or not what you had to offer was good. And it was very, very busy. And, and the people would come, and they would approach the priest with your sacrifice. And this sacrifice had to be perfect. He had to look at it, and he had to decide whether or not it was acceptable to God. And so people would come up to this altar. I'm picturing people coming up to this altar, and they would be nervous. Like, they would be worried. Like, like this would determine their fate. It would determine whether or not their sins were going to be covered. And so it had to be acceptable. Because if it wasn't acceptable to the priest, it wasn't acceptable to God. So there was a lot of pressure. There was a possibility that you would go home. Without your sins being forgiven, you walking on that altar, he's like, no, this sacrifice isn't good. Either go get another one or go home. But the beautiful thing here is that Jesus changes the script. He changes it completely. Hebrews 4 says, therefore, listen to this. Please listen to this. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, meaning a great high priest, who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus who ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess for, listen to this, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet did not sin. You see, the priest of the Old Testament, he was someone who was completely removed from society. A priest in the Old Testament was a, was a priest that was completely removed from reality. He was a person who was out of touch, who was distant, who basically didn't care. It was a job. Sometimes there were up to a million sacrifices that would happen in one day. It was just, let's get this thing going. Let's get this ball rolling. And so the fact that... that he was there, and, and, and you would come to this high priest who was not particularly happy to see you, by the way. He was like, let's just get this, this thing going. There's this ritual that had grown old over time. And so he would receive you, and he was questioning whether you were worthy. So you would come to this altar, and you were afraid. You were feeling guilty. You were feeling ashamed. You were feeling condemned. That's how you would approach the altar. But then again, Jesus flips this whole image on its head. You see, we no longer have to come into the presence of God afraid. We don't. In fact, before you had to come to the altar with something to offer. You had to have something in your hands to offer. But now you come with your hands empty. <laughs> and you come to just receive. You come to the altar to receive grace and to receive forgiveness. You're invited to come to the altar empty-handed, which seems like such a strange thing. We should have something to offer. We should, right? It feels weird. But there's still an invitation to come forward. No longer with an animal, no longer with shame, no longer with guilt, no longer with condemnation, no longer with fear, no longer with this debt that you have to pay. So you come to the altar, no longer into the presence of a high priest 
who is unable to relate to the things that you're going through. Verse 15, I'll read it again. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way. Jesus. Just as we are, yet did not sin. You see, Jesus knows what you've been through. He knows. He's not a high priest that can't relate to you. He's a, he's a high priest that knows you. He's a high priest that has been through what you've been through. He knows. He knows. He's all-knowing, and he's lived it in the flesh. He understands. He understands your pain. He understands your loneliness. He understands your frustrations. He understands your temptations. He understands your insatisfactions. He understands your sense of unworthiness. He understands everything that you go through because he has been through it all. Yet without sinning, which is what qualifies him to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins once and for all. You see, this message this morning is a message about forgiveness. And it is not a message about you forgiving others. That's a message for another Sunday. It's a message about forgiveness. It's a message about allowing for the sacrifice and the blood of Jesus to purify you, to cleanse you, and to make you new. You see, walking up to the altar empty-handed would make no sense in the Jewish culture. They might take it like, a, like an offense, like sacrilegious. They might punish you, send you home. I don't know how they would react. Like, hey, I got nothing. Why are you here then? You have to offer something. Last week we said that when we come to the altar with something in our hands, that we are actually dishonoring the cross, right? If we say, hey, I got to add this to the sacrifice of Jesus because I don't think the sacrifice was good enough. I got to add a little something to this. You know, the, the nails didn't go in deep enough, so I think that his sacrifice isn't quite sufficient. So I'm going to add something to that. We talked about that last week. But you see, the essence of faith, the essence of faith, the essence, the essence, is coming up to the altar empty-handed. Because when you are willing, when we are willing to come up to the altar, to the presence of God, empty-handed, that is the evidence that we actually believe that the sacrifice of Jesus did what he said it would do. Because you know you got nothing to offer after the sacrifice that he did. So you, you no longer come to the altar to, to give, but to receive. And the invitation is to come and to receive because all the giving was on Jesus. So now, now when we walk up to the altar, what do we see? What do you see? What do you see when you come into the presence of God? Well, I'll tell you what we should never see. We should never see a priest who is unable to relate to you but one who has suffered in every way because he knows you. When you walk up to Jesus, what do you see? Here's what you should see. You should see a father who is ready to receive you and embrace you with open arms. That's what we should see. You see, this is the image of the, the story of the prodigal son. Many of us have heard this. If you grew up in church, maybe you've heard this story before. This is this kid that messes up in every way possible. He, he took his inheritance too early. He squandered it. He lost everything. But when he was off doing whatever he wanted to do, he realized that he was going to die if he didn't come back to the father. 
He's, he wanted to go back to his dad and just take me as a servant. Maybe he was back on the way trying to rehearse what he was going to say, you know, because he wanted to reconcile himself with his, dad, with his dad. He was like, I got zero chances, but I'm, this is the only option that I have. So he comes up to his dad and is wondering what his dad is going to say. Like, he's not going to forgive me, but I, I'm going to give it a shot. What does the, the Bible say? How does the father react when his son comes up to him? Luke 15, 20, listen to this. So he got up and went to his father. This is the prodigal son. He goes to his father. But while he was still, listen to this, when he was still a long way off, when his son was still a long way off, when he could kind of recognize his son that was off in the distance, he sees him from a distance. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. Just for clarification, when Jesus was telling the story and the crowd was hearing that phrase, he ran to his son, the crowd would have gasped like, really? Yes, because in that culture, for a guy to run was humiliating. You see, when a guy had to run, he had to lift his, his, his clothes and he had to kind of run like that. It was an embarrassing thing. Men never ran. Women ran. Children ran. Servants ran in that culture. It was almost like, I would say, you know, and then he ran off in his underwear. That's kind of the, what, it was like, what? That's kind of the reaction that they would have had. Threw his arms around him and kissed him. This is what Jesus did. This is the image of Jesus. You see, I don't know what image you have of God. I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe you have the image of God that, that he wants to zap you as soon as you do something wrong. Maybe you have an image of God that he wants to condemn you, that he wants to judge you. That is not what I read here. You see, maybe you're here and you, you're still a long way off. You're thinking, man, I kind of walk to the Father, but I'm a long way off. Listen, when he sees you a long way off, he's so happy. He's running to you. He wants to embrace you. He is waiting for you. You see that? Maybe that's you today. Maybe you need to come to the altar today. Come to the altar. Receive forgiveness. Receive grace. I'm going to be honest with you. I had, a, I had a hard week this week. This was a hard week. And it was, it was tough. It was just a tough week. And maybe you're here and, and you feel this way. Maybe you feel tired. Maybe this is the Sunday for you. You see, I'm going to ask the band to come up as we, as we uh, go into a different moment right now. And I'm going to read some words to the song that we're about to sing. Because maybe this is you. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Are you hurting and broken within? I know you kind of you kind of hear the song when I'm saying those words, but are you are you are you hurting? Are you broken within? Are you overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Maybe there's a sin in your life and you're just overwhelmed by the weight of it. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Like you're so thirsty, like I just need I need some I need some water. Let me tell you this, Jesus is calling. He's calling. Maybe, some, maybe you're here and you're just tired. You're, you're exhausted. And let me tell you this. There's a, there's a tiredness. There's, a, there's, a, there's an exhaustion. There's a weariness that, that, that goes away with sleeping. Like if your body is tired, okay, take a nap. Then you feel better, right? If you're mentally exhausted, well, there's a, you can have a hobby, you can hang out with friends, and then you feel better. But there's a weariness, brothers and sisters. There's a weariness that does not go away with hobbies, 
There's a weariness that does not go away with friends. It does not go away with distractions because this is a different type of weariness. It is a weariness of the soul. And the Bible talks to us about this. Have you ever felt that way? Matthew 11, I'm going to read it again. Come to me. Come to me. It says, come to me. Not to self-help, which is not bad. Not to pills, which is not necessarily bad. It says, come to me. Not to hobbies, not to vacation. Come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find what? Rest. You will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, some of you are tired. Some of you are exhausted, weary. Some here need rest for their souls. And Jesus is calling. He's saying, come to me. And that's the invitation for today. And I want to break a myth this morning because some, some of you say, ah, I already gave my life to Jesus. I did. I already raised my hand when they said, you want to receive Jesus in your heart? Maybe many of you have already done that. Maybe you've already responded to an altar call. But I don't know about you, but I need Jesus every day. And I'm the pastor. I need him every day. So that's the invitation for you today. So I'm going to invite you this morning. I'm going to invite you to come to the altar. Now, we don't have an altar here, but I'm going to invite you to come forward. This is, this is the invitation for you today. And, and, and the, the, what I want you to do is I want you to come forward, not to give something, not to, 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 to offer a sacrifice, to offer something to God. I want you to come to the altar today to receive. I want you to come to the altar today to receive forgiveness, to receive hope, to receive the peace of God that transcends all understanding. And so what I want to do here is I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask our elders, if our elders can just step forward and they're going to stand, they're going to stand right here. Now, I want to respect the social distancing and if you don't feel comfortable coming forward, I understand. I'm just going to ask you to, to raise your hand and we will pray over you from a distance. But I'm going to ask the elders to go ahead and come forward. And I want to read Hebrews 4.16. It says this, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may what? Give? No. Receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You see, we no longer come to the altar to offer anything. We come to the altar to find rest for our souls. So I want to I want to invite you to come here. I want to invite you to come here with confidence. The invitation is no longer for you to come with your sacrifice. The invitation is for you to actually come to the altar empty-handed, knowing that the sacrifice of Jesus was enough and you come here to receive hope. And so we're going to sing a song together. We're going to sing Come to the Altar together. And just, just come forward. Come forward. If you need prayer from a distance, we will pray for you from here. But we're going to go into this song. And we're going to stand right here. And if you need prayer, just come forward. We're going to pray over you. We're going to pray over you.